People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Welcome, everybody, to episode 67 of A Little Extra Movie Hookup. And boy, this week do we got the hookup for you. But before we get started, I just want to say make sure if you have not yet, check out uh, the checkout, 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 checkout. A lot of good stuff. You know, we got uh, a lot of good stuff over at the Hookup on Music. Just had a, a review of the brand new Foo Fighters album. You check that out on the Penguin Sadistic YouTube channel, or should I say the Sadistic Penguin YouTube channel. And you can also find my the newest episode there, where I was joined by the one and only Hans, who has come on to this show quite a few times. But if you get an opportunity, please check those out, like, follow. You can find those, well, wherever you get your podcast. But tonight, on this extra film hookup, we got some goodies here for you um, to get started. Just this past weekend, we had a couple new movies that were released, and I had the opportunity to see them along with a couple other ones that have been released this summer. So we're going to go through a couple of them to get started and see kind of where that takes us. The very first movie that I'm going to talk about that came out this weekend is probably the biggest movie, one of the biggest movies of the summer so far. And that would be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, this is a sequel um, from the 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Let me just get started by saying, did not realize that five years has passed already since that first one. That is, that to me is just crazy that time flies that quickly. But that being said, this one is directed by Yaquim, Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callahan. Um, of course, based on Marvel Comics. Really, 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 really good movie. Um, very, very in-depth um, into the Spider-Man universe. Okay. Um, great performances by everyone involved. Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Marcella Ali, Oscar Isaac. Lots and lots of cameos. Really, really enjoyed myself, just like I did the first one. Um, these Spider-Man movies, this is this is something pretty cool. You know, this is something a little bit different than all of the live-action ones, which they have um, at this point have created. Uh, they have created seven, seven live-action ones, which to me they're all good and ranging from really good to well, some a couple of them you could skip. Um, some of those old live action ones, I don't want to say old because they're not that old, um, really like Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire one with Doc Ock. Um, the newest ones that have come out with Tom Holland, he does a really good job as Spider-Man. But back to this movie, really, really, really good movie. Um, pretty much it's a sequel again to the first one. And he's going on an adventure with Gwen Stacy slash Spider-Woman across the multiverse. He meets a new team of spider people and the visuals in this movie. I've heard one or two people say that they could become too much. But if you're a kid or you're somebody who really, really likes Spider-Man, 
it's like a comic book on the screen. It's a really, really, really good time. I mean, for a movie that only has a hundred million dollar budget, it's already made two hundred eight million dollars, and it just came out this past weekend. A really good movie. Definitely think you should check it out, especially if you enjoyed the first one. Um, don't want to give too many spoilers away, um, but there it, it's 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 loaded. Okay, well maybe I'll I'll give I'll give one Spider Man away. One Spider Man. I'll give one Spider Man away technically because I am, and that's uh, Nicholas Cage does a really good job through uh, archival footage in the movie of playing Peter Parker slash Spider Man Noir. All right, that's all I can do. Okay, well I'll also tell you that Ziggy Marley's in it and plays a Jamaican shop owner because you know I do a musical podcast too, so you gotta throw in the musical stuff. But really good, really worth it. Um, I definitely think that. It's uh, a sequel, definitely already has been confirmed. But again, we're going to maybe have to wait a little bit. Um, you know, we're going to have to see when that's going to come out. I'm kind of curious how long that's going to get to come out. But uh, the movie, uh, again, it came out this past weekend. I would say go ahead and check this movie out. Um, also coming out this weekend was The Boogeyman. Okay, this is uh, based on a 78 Stephen King. Okay, a 78 Stephen King um, book, you know, something that was part of one of his short stories. Um, but definitely uh, the Night Shift star, short stories collection, but definitely worth it for you to check into that. Uh, not a bad movie. I watched this one too. Um, I thought it was actually, I liked the actors in it. I'm going to start there. I always going to start with the actors in the movie. Um, really enjoyed it. Sophia Thatcher, who does a, a, a good job in this movie. She's uh, in Yellow Jackets. She's been in the Book of Boba Fett. I think she really did a good job here as an older an older sibling. Her dad, Chris Messina, awesome, awesome, awesome actor, who I recently was reading a, a, a review and he was saying he had a little bit of a stand by me moment growing up that when he was him and his friends were out they found a hand which i thought was kind of creepy which adds a little bit to the creepiness of the movie um but overall it was directed by rob savage okay rob savage has um directed nothing of too craziness that you might know a movie called host a shutter movie but this is kind of like his first real real step behind the screen um not bad. Took in $20 million on a $35 million budget. Not terrible for a summer movie. Seems like it's going to make that money back. You know, I would check it out if you like this type of things. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, deathly scary, but there are jumps. Okay. I really enjoy it that it's based on a Stephen King short story. Um, me being a fan of Stephen King, I always seem to want to check out all of those. Something a little bit more um, that was creepier um that came out that i did end up going to see and that was the brand new evil dead rise okay this one was this one was definitely was definitely something okay i wouldn't put it up there with the originals army of darkness even it's not an evil dead it's a it's a third one but technically it doesn't say the evil dead in the title um even that that remake that they did i think uh I, I would I would not the uh, remake that came out in 2013 enjoyed that one. But that being said, you know sometimes you go to the movies and you're not here to critique. 
You know, one thing I've noticed sometimes in the past when we've done this, this show is that there was way too much critiquing going on, which we can critique all day long. I can critique with the best of them, you know, but you're here to listen and be entertained a little bit. So that being said, I think the movie was entertaining. Of course, like most movies, we could find something to complain about. But if you're a fan of the Evil Dead movies, I don't think that this was too off of the beaten path that you should not see it. Um, Lily Sullivan does a good job. Alyssa Sutherland does a good job. Morgan Davies does a good job. Uh, Lee Cronin, who directed this movie, you know, again, stepping behind the, the camera for, uh, for, uh, you know, he made a movie before called the hole in the ground. I had never heard of that movie, but this was really, really good. And I think it was, it would be worth your time seeing, especially if you're into those type of, of, of movies and those type of movies being awesome horror movies. Um, Another movie that came out just, well, it's it's been out now a couple weeks now, you know, but uh, it was released May 19th, day before my birthday. Um, Fast X, the 10th one in this series, okay? You know, when you're into these movies, or if you've been to these movies or see these movies, they're popcorn movies, you know? You're going in there for a good time. Loud explosions. Speaking of loud explosions... The new Transformers movies coming out this week. Checking it out. You know why? Because I check out all movies. From great, great Academy Award winning films like The Godfather. All the way, all the way to amazing action movies to Roadhouse. Everything in between. That's what we do here. We see it all. And you know what? We'll give you our opinion on it. Because that's what it is. It's an opinion. Um, but this movie's loaded with John Cena, Ludacris, Vin Diesel, you know, Helen Mirren, Jason Statham, Jason Momoa as a the bad guy in this movie. Talk about charisma. This man, this man, I feel kind of kind of carries this movie. That could be me. You know, I thought it was a nice little flair to something, something brand new, you know. Um, but definitely Fast X. You might want to check that one out if you're a fan of that series or into loud action movies. Have heard complaints that they don't do a whole lot of new stuff in there, but when you like things, sometimes you're just looking for what works and what rocks. And that movie, I definitely feel, is there. And it definitely works. And it, it probably rocks. And by probably, it does, because I've seen it. Um, but for you, it probably will rock. Because, well, if you like those fast movies. Um, Little Mermaid came out. Yeah, It is what it is. It's The Little Mermaid. It's a remake. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I... I you know, being, you know, 10, 11, 12, when the first one came out, it wasn't really my cup of tea, but my sisters watched it a lot. So I do know all the songs. Um, you know, I don't got one way or another for this. I mean, if you enjoy Little Mermaid or you enjoyed the Disney movies, check it out. That's the, what I'm going to have to say about it. I'm not going to sit here and down it or down casting choices. I think everything deserves to be looked at in a new, fresh light, just like Speaking of new fresh lights, they came out with the new Super Mario Brothers movie, which really, really, really has been doing well at the box office. You know, I don't think, um, I think, I think they did know that it was, I was going to say, I don't think anybody knew that it was going to be that good. But, uh, you know, I really think that, uh, I really think what's the word I'm looking for is that, that, that it has gotten its job done. You know, it's made $1.3 billion on a $100 million budget. So the same budget that the uh, Spider-Man movie 
had, but this movie's made 1.3 billion. I mean, you got to understand these. This video game has been known from from entities across multiple different, you know, places, and and just just definitely is is cool. Again, voice choices are awesome in this movie. Chris Pratt is Mario, Anna Taylor Joy as the princess, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black the jack black as bowser which i would think is amazing because he sings um the song i think it's amazing you'll think it's amazing if you happen to see the song but overall a good movie fun you know i wasn't too sure when i was seeing what this movie was being released how is this movie going to to fit in with the other movies that are are, are being released is this movie going to be a flop is it going to be like that that 1990s one with bob hoskins and um, john Leguizamo? That one might be worth uh, going back and revisiting, you know, if you're looking in for just some some goodies. Um, speaking of goodies, Guardians of the Galaxy three that was released, really really awesome movie, visually awesome. It's a good wrap up, you know. I don't know if they're going to do another one, but definitely not with this cast. But the way they wrapped it up, really good. You know, I mean, when you're coming to this point again, when you're wrapping up a series, the director James Gunn he's already moved on to DC away from Marvel, which give him props. Because honestly, when I first heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, I never really knew much about it, not being a huge comic book fan. But that being said, it has some goodies in it. You know, it's good. It's 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 got what's the word I'm looking for? It's got it's got what you want really for for a movie um in the Marvel universe. A lot of good stuff though coming out still this summer. We're really excited, really excited. Going to be, uh, like I said, we're going to be seeing lots of good stuff. We still got Indiana Jones coming out. That's going to be a, a good one, I think. People are already down on it, knocking it. You know, why knock stuff, you know? You know, Mission Impossible, the new one of that. That one's going to be awesome. Oppenheimer, probably going to be awesome. Barbie, I already know that's going to be visually awesome. Everyone's talking about these movies. And we're going to continue to talk about them. And when they come out and we see them, we're going to spread the word your way. Because you know why? That's what it's about. It's about spreading the word. It's not about my opinion. It's about spreading the word of movies, getting people out there to see some good stuff. That's what it's always been about. Get out there. See some good movies. Have a good time. You know, enjoy yourself. Get some popcorn. Don't complain. You know, get in the right frame of mind, you know, just please, you know. But uh, check out these movies. I recommend, especially out of all this list that I just mentioned, definitely check out Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and I would definitely check out uh, the Super Mario Brothers. You know, all the rest of them, really good um, if you're into that stuff. But not everyone's into Fast X or Boogeyman. Um, Little Mermaid, you know, if you, if you got kids, that one's a good one. But uh, overall, um, go ahead and check out some of these movies, and we will see you on our next little segment. Always a good time talking new movies. Check out those new movies that we just went through. But now we are on to something a little bit more fun, looking a little bit into the past to a fun film. We're going to be doing this pretty much every week. Um, the fun film that has been picked by our lovely, our lovely, lovely audience was From Dust Till Dawn in 1996. Some people call it a horror film. Some people call it action. 
I call it super cool. It's directed by Robert Re- Ro- Robert Rodriguez, and it is written by Qu- Quentin Tarantino. Um, these two uh, form a very formidable team that I think does a really, really good job when they get together and they do a movie. Um, and by a good time, I mean it's generally really, really awesome. And it's generally, well, let, let me put it to you this way. It is fun. It is good, and it is a good time, which is what we like when we like we like to have some fun here. Um, but you know, this movie here um, came out like as I stated before, it came out in 1994, which was I'm sorry, 1996. Which I saw this movie in the movie theater. First of all, let's start there. 14 years old, seeing from dusk till dawn on the big screen. Taking it all in at once, wow, it was something. Okay, you got you got a really really good lineup of actors in this movie. You got Harvey Keitel, you got George Clooney, you got Juliette Lewis, you got Selma Hayek, you got Danny Trejo, you got Quentin Tarantino acting in it. Really 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 good time. Um, you also have some more deeper cut actors in this movie that I enjoy, like Cheech Marin, um, Tom Savini, uh, Kelly Preston. Fred Williamson. Um, really, what I like is the name of the bar that they end up at, the Titty Twister, okay, which we'll get to, the house band, Tito and the Tarantula, okay, which is uh, pretty awesome. But uh, pre this album, um, the Tarantula, the head Tarantula was in a little bit band called the Cruzados, who also performed the song don't throw stones at the beginning of the 1989 classic Roadhouse. So they show up, this band shows up again here in From Dusk Till Dawn, but a really awesome soundtrack too, which uh, I owned at the time. Thought it was a good time. Um, on the soundtrack, had everyone from ZZ Top. You had Jimmy Vaughn. <clears throat> really good, the Tito and Tarantula song. You had Stevie Ray Vaughn doing Willie and the Wimp in his Cadillac coffin. I love that song. But that being said, really, really good uh, soundtrack, good sound. It's got a good vibe. But let's jump right into the movie because that's, well, that's why we're here. Um, the movie itself, okay, takes place at the beginning. There are is a liquor store. And off the bat, you don't know it, but it is currently being robbed. And a police officer is talking to the or a texas ranger i should say is talking to the clerk and the clerk is acting really cool but um soon enough the gecko brothers seth and richie gecko played by one george clooney and quentin tarantino emerge and well ends up being a shootout the texas ranger doesn't make it it's really really awesome quintessential tarantino beginning so you're like wow this movie's a bank robbery then they they go on the run and um that's kind of when they they meet up with harvey keitel and his daughter juliette lewis and he has a son too and they kind of want to take them hostage so they could sneak over the border because there they're supposed to meet the man who's going to set them up um you know uh el rey which is a sanctuary it's going to set them up at a club. Um, so when they get to this club, the club is title is all you need to know with how much fun this movie is. 
the Titty Twister, uh, a name that would stick for infamy in my head for being a really, really good name for a club, but also in this movie because you got the Tarantino and the Rodriguez's and well, let's just say this is where the fun gets started. And this is where you're already up into this point. You're like, there's nothing horror about this. Well, at this club, as the title states from dusk till dawn is when they're open. And the reason why they're open at this time was because it is run by a bunch of vampires. Ooh, vampires. Um, one of them being playing a stripper is Selma Hayek, who does a really, 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 really great job was my introduction to her really awesome in her role um some some so at this 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 club that they end up making it at it just becomes all pandemonium okay everything that you can imagine is in there um you know it, it gets crazy you know there is quite a lot of gore there's quite a lot of bad words which is well that's okay we like bad words sometimes that's no problem with that and it's just a whole lot of fun, you know, crossbows, holy waters, um, vampires, all mixed together. And it just really becomes a huge, huge, well, Tarantino slash Rodriguez type shootout. Um, Tarantino was hired to write for, as his first writing, paid writing assignment. Um, they originally considered Tarantino the screenplay as the follow-up to Demon Knight. And the second is a proposed Tales from the Crypt film trilogy. Did not know that, because Tales from the Crypt is one of my favorites. But ultimately produced another vampire film, Bordello of Blood instead. So can you imagine, instead of From Dust Till Dawn, I mean, Bordello of Blood, it was From Dust Till Dawn. Um, the El Rey hideout in Mexico's border borrowed from The Getaway. Okay, the crime novel by Jim Thompson. Um... Earl McGraw became a, he was a recurring character in the Rodriguez and Tarantino's work, also appearing in Kill Bill, Planet Terror, Death Proof, um, as an Easter egg. Um, very, very, very awesome. I really enjoy Sex Machine, played by the amazing um, artist, makeup artist, Tom Savini, his gun cod piece, which will be um, remembered forever and even referenced in Rodriguez's uh, 1995 film, which Tarantino has a small acting role in, Desperado. Um, Seth also returns to the hotel in the movie with a little bit of Big Kahuna Burgers, which was, of course, mentioned in Pulp Fiction and in Death Proof. Um, Seth Gecko also says the line, All right, Ramblers, let's get rambling." This was a quote from Reservoir Dogs. Um, the son, Scott, Harvey Cattell's son in the movie, he's got a Precinct 13, a reference to John Carpenter's 76 film, Assault on Precinct 13. Really, really cool. Really, really awesome. Um, also very awesome was that Rodriguez was really, really helped the crew out a lot. Hired a lot of people who usually wouldn't get, have been able to get work on a big budget movie. I thought that was really cool. Um, the reception for this movie was, was good. The reception was good. Um, Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Okay. It's, it, it, it doesn't, it's what the point is in this movie is it's not going to 
oh, how do I say it? There's not like these these deep turns like an inception. You know, I mean, a lot of the stuff where you're in it, you just know you're in this cool experience. I mean, vampires, shootouts, you know, a club called the Titty Twister. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it really is. Um, I won some movie, I won some MTV movie awards, a best actor, best horror film, best breakthrough performance. Actor and breakthrough performance was George Clooney. It's because you gotta say to yourself, at this point, George Clooney is known for ER. Okay. George Clooney is known for that that role in that movie. So he and, and honestly, at this point, he still got three more years on ER. So you're saying to yourself, for him to take a career chance and work with a couple of the greats, I'm sure he doesn't look back and probably doesn't have any regrets. I don't want to speak for him, but just knowing that uh, all of that being said, I mean, this was has spawned some straight-to-DVD sequels, video, wherever you want to say. Um, Dustal Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money, and Dawn 3, Hangman's Daughter, which unfortunately... Um, Danny Trejo is really the only ones who show up in these in these sequels. Um, but that being said, you know, and by it might be worth your time. They even did a TV show. But the movie itself, really good. You know, I thought when it came out, it was it, it kept my interest. I uh, never uh, waned. What I like the most about this movie is its ending. Okay. Because at the end, they kind of well there's a little bit of uh you you go into this club and you don't really know what's going on why are all these vampires here and as the movie goes on there's more and more vampires keep showing up and you're like oh, these vampires get here well i always really loved the last shot of this movie um the last shot of this movie the camera after um we're going to get to a minute what happens but the camera backs up and you realize that the titty twister, what it actually was, was a giant, pretty much coffin for a bunch of vampires. You could see in the back. Um, really, I like that last shot quite a lot. What also I like in this movie quite a lot, really awesome, is Cheech Marin. The Cheech from Cheech and Chong. He is playing four different roles in this movie. Four different roles. And you say to yourself, Cheech, you get the time for four different roles. But... Uh, I mean, for three different roles. How'd you find the time? Because he plays a border security guard in the beginning of when they're crossing the border. He plays an amazing, amazing um, gentleman um, getting people into the club at the beginning. A lot, a lot of language there that is it's ridiculous. And then at the end, he's the man who is supposed to be hooking Clooney and them up with their new digs, which does a really good job. Um, really, Juliette Lewis... I can't speak enough about Juliette Lewis. Um, last week, I talked a little bit about um, Yellow Jackets. Again, she's amazing on there. Juliette Lewis is pretty much amazing in anything I've seen her in. She's a really good actress. And in From Dust Till Dawn, it's really no different to expect from her. Um, but all these characters in this movie, it's fun, okay? You know, you're saying to yourself... This movie is already going on to be ooh, tw almost 27 years old. That's quite a long time ago. And, well, I think it's time that we revisit this one. It is considered a cult film. Um, I think it's really awesome. Again, 
please check out Dust Till Dawn. I think you'll have a good time. It's a good Friday or Saturday night movie. I like to always talk about it, sitting around with friends and putting on a movie and having a good time. That's what these movies are. These are a good time, and this is definitely, definitely a good time. Seen this movie, and maybe some people have not. But tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to go through this movie. Um, pretty much a little bit of a background. Uh, number one, this movie is really, really good. Here, here's a little bit of uh, some of the scares before we get started here. you're saying to yourself this has something to do with christmas well yes 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 it does um this film um, has to do with pretty much a dysfunctional family squabbling causing a young boy to lose his festive spirit doing so unleashes the wrath of krampus a fearsome horned demonic beast in ancient european folklore who punishes naughty children at christmas time as Krampus lays siege to the neighborhood, the family must band together to save one another from a monstrous fate. First off, um, I want to start with the beginning. This movie is directed by Michael Darty. Does an awesome, awesome, awesome job um, with this movie. He's also directed Trick or Treat, um, one of my favorite Halloween movies. So he definitely knows how to handle the holiday film Um what that would be called a holiday film series, I guess. Cause there's, he does two different Halloween movies. I don't know. Um, the Krampus is based on an old Austro Bavarian folklore story. Um, before this movie had been released, I had heard the name Krampus. People brought it up like as a joke to go against Santa Claus. Like, Oh, I go for Krampus. Um, I didn't know much about it though, until before seeing this movie, which, let me tell you, when I first saw this movie, it really, 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 it has a mixture of everything. Um, a fan of the show recently had watched it and said that it was a good mixture of, you know, some comedy, definitely comedy elements. You have the whole Christmas backdrop. There is horror elements too, but I wouldn't call it a scary movie per se. Um, it had a $15 million budget and it grossed $61.5 million. What you're saying to yourself when you see this movie, it looks like it would have cost a lot more than just uh, $15 million because there are some really, really good uh, effects. And I think that they use that really, really good for the budget. And you could tell that right out of the gate. Um, the movie was released in December in 2015. Um I think that's a great time to release a Christmas movie. I have seen Christmas movies or, or winter movies released in the summer. And usually I don't have a chart with the successful versus non-successful side of this. But overall, it has not been pretty for the winter movies released in summer. So it was good. It came out in the December. That probably helped a little bit. Um, definitely if this movie came out in another time, it might not have done as well. Um the idea for the movie, though, came all the way back in 2011. So you think to yourself, it took four years to get this movie off of the ground. Um, the movie is, though, definitely awesome in, in spirit. If you're looking for something that has Christmas spirit, um, 
I think the reason I enjoy it is that we all know or have been a part of or have seen, you know, dysfunctional families, you know, and this is one of these that come together uh, definitely um, are not shy to being just that, you know, a dysfunctional family. But I definitely think that the uh, creature effects that were done by the Weta workshop, definitely when you're looking at the budget and seeing what they put out, you're definitely going to want to see that. Um, it's not just Krampus. It's all the things that Krampus unleashes is on this family is definitely worth, if nothing more, just being able to to see that. Um, this all started by, as it received as an e-card as an idea. Um, the score is also done by Douglas Pipe. The score is great. Um, definitely feels Christmassy. It's not like some rock and roll score, uh, you know, hip hop score, or a country score. It's it's definitely that Christmas that Christmas vibe. Um, it makes it for me a fun one to watch because it definitely has a lot of uh, different elements. It has fun. It has humor. It has horror. It has what I would call um, great effects, like I stated. Just really, 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 really a lot of fun. But uh, overall, what I really, one of the main aspects that I enjoy about this movie is the acting and the performances in this movie. I'm getting Howie Jr. into game shape. By the time he gets to high school, he's going to be the biggest lineman in the state. Did you ever. Oh, that's David Koechner right there. Uh, great, great. Uh, plays, plays many awesome roles in Anchor Man. He showed up as a Todd Packard in the office. Um, I really, really, really enjoy him in this movie. I think he really adds to the ridiculousness of what the movie is going for. Um, I think he adds to a little bit of the cheesiness. I think it's just all around really a fun time. You know, him mixed with Adam Scott, who's great as the brother and stepbrothers. Um, he's awesome in a whole, whole lot of other different things, you know. Um, but in this, I think what it does is it's able to sit there and show a little bit more with that family, that that holiday side, you know, as opposed to like Parks and Rex is straight, you know, he's just straight pretty funny in that. Um, he's really good in Big Little Lies too, pretty serious. But in this movie, he's trying to play serious against the ridiculous and which is going on around him. Um, and his wife in the movie is played by Tani Collette, who again is one of my um, favorite favorite actresses. She does a really really good job in this. She's trying to keep the family together. She's trying to sit there and she's she really really wants <clears throat> you know everybody to get along during this holiday season. Does a good job. Um, Allison Tolman, who plays uh, Koechner's husband. Uh, wife in this movie um does a great job she's always hilarious and different stuff um you know the dynamics between all of these actors trying to keep it together on christmas is 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 awesome she uh allison tolman was awesome in fargo um but a little bit more than the actors in this movie are, are some of the characters that are unreleased uh, unleashed you know you have krampus himself who you could tell just by this picture right here is well he doesn't look like the nicest guy in the whole entire world he looks kind of looks kind of scary he's here again in the middle he takes a couple different talking to 
um, talking to the grandma in the movie, who is the one who actually unleashes the story and tells um, Conchetta Farrell is in the movie too. She does a really, really great job. She was in Two and a Half Men. Um, but uh, back to uh, Krista Stadler, Diaz Omi, Grammy. She's the one who tells the story of the Krampus. And she kind of lets it out of the bag that a uh, little bit spoiler that she's kind of the one who a long time ago brought this whole Krampus around. And it's cool this way this part is told because it's told in what's uh, in an animation type style. But definitely, I like the way that that is told. I like the way the movie is shot. Um, like I said, these performances are great. Um, MJ Anthony, he plays the young, the son. He plays pretty much the star of the movie. Um, you know, overall, it's just a great time for around the holidays. Um, as I stated before, the gingerbread men, you could see here, I mean... Even the way they look here in the picture, I mean, by some of the way you see some of these budgets of the movies, low, nice low budget really makes it work. The effects are are great. Um, it just makes it a great time for the holidays. It's a great movie. I definitely suggest that you uh, check out Krampus um, if you like horror movies, or if you, even if you don't like horror movies and you like comedy. Um, I believe right now it is on Peacock. Uh, check it out. You know, you won't, you won't definitely um you won't you won't you won't be upset you checked our shitters honey clark please he doesn't know any better you ought to know it's illegal it's a storm sewer if it fills with gas i pity the person who lights a match for the so what i wanted to do here really quick here at the second half of my little uh little little piece i'm putting together is i wanted to go through some because we didn't really do this on the episode or some some holiday considered holiday classics we're going to go down the list here, and then we're going to go through what are uh, holiday classics that aren't really Christmas movies. And then I'm going to make up some that I believe could possibly be considered good Christmas classics. So the first one here, we got the Home Alone films, of course, are Christmas classics. You look everywhere, Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, loaded with great movie scenes, great performances from Macaulay Culkin to Joe Pesci to Daniel Stern. Definitely everyone has watched those movies and are very awesome. The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is the clip that you heard coming in, is, of course, a harken back to that that, that classic comedy from the 70s and the 80s. Um, really big, really famous um, classic story between both of those movies. The directors uh, left doing Christmas Vacation to do Home Alone. Um, awesome. A Christmas Story, the movie I would say that I probably watched the most out of all of these, just because it was played a lot on loop growing up. Um, definitely a harken back to a, a different time period of growing up. So I do believe a lot of a lot of people like this movie for many different reasons. Um, recently, they did a, a kind of a sequel on HBO. Not kind of, it is a sequel called A Christmas Story Christmas. You know, worth checking out. I wouldn't consider it a holiday classic, though. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, definitely a classic. Um, wasn't a classic when it was released, but through the years, it has. A lot of people seem to like that movie. Elf and Four Christmases, definitely two movies that are played all the time during the Christmas season. 
Elf with its wonderful Will Ferrell performance and Four Christmases. Um, Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, I think, nail it out of the park as a couple having to visit their four dysfunctional families, mother, father, mother, father on each side because everybody's divorced. Jingle All the Way, I remember seeing this one um, in December of 95, I believe, or 96. And it was it was good. I mean, it's Arnold. You can't go wrong with Arnold. Uh, you got White Christmas. Can't can't go wrong with White Christmas. Definitely a classic. Eight Crazy Nights, um, a different cartoon. Um, and by different, I mean it's Adam Sandler and the way the cartoon is shot. It is uh, harken back to, I think, a classic cartoon period. It is um, awesome, awesome, awesome fun. Um, Bad Santa, you know, it's Christmas. He's a Santa. I would consider this a holiday classic. It's probably the the, the naughtiest of the Christmas classics, that if you you know, if you consider that. But I still think it's funny, and I think it's a good time, and I think a lot of people like that. And if you do not talk about a Christmas Carol, and if you do not talk about Rudolph the Redmore Reindeer, and if you don't talk about, if, I don't know if you consider Frosty a, a movie. Um, I'm even going to throw in there because I did not list them here, but like, you know, Peanuts Christmas, Garfield Christmas, all the old classic cartoon Christmases, um, definitely, definitely all um, worth it and classic and definitely worth checking, checking out. Next, we're going to move on to a little bit of what I would call, well, maybe nonsense traditional Christmas movies. All right, so some non-traditional holiday Christmas movies. We have Edward Scissorhands. A lot of people consider that because, well, there's snow, uh, there's Christmas trees, yeah, there's Edward Scissorhands, but there's really no like celebration of Christmas, so to speak. But definitely you can watch that in Christmas time and definitely enjoy it. Eyes Wide Shut, if you're looking for more of a little bit of a more... Um, I guess you would call it a, a dirty aspect on Christmas. Uh, Christmas is in the background. There's Christmas trees, but uh, definitely not a family celebrating Christmas together, more apart. Um, the Night Before, classic, classic Christmas comedy. Um, definitely all around great performances from everybody, from Joseph Gordon-Levitt, all the way to the amazing, 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 amazing cameo by one michael shannon definitely check that out the clip you heard was hans from the amazing die hard series so um well we all know die hard is considered one of the best non-traditional christmas movies um gremlins awesome awesome batman returns it seems to that be popping out more and more recently considered a, a christmas uh classic a non-traditional you know holiday classic Black, okay, now we're going to get into a little bit of the scary uh, realm. Black Christmas, they got a couple of those. Those are those are good. Um, I don't know if you would want to put the horror movies in a Christmas classic, but I put them over here. You could put them in the classics. I considered them classics. I just didn't want anyone yelling at me. I don't know what I wanted. But that being said, the Black Christmases landed over here, and so did the Silent Night, Deadly Night series, which there is about four or five of them, and there's a good remake called Just Silent Night, which I definitely enjoy. It has Donald Logue in it, um, Jamie King. It's definitely worth checking out. 
Um, a couple more here. The Royal Tenenbaums recently has been discussed as possibly being, a, well, <clears throat> maybe a Christmas movie. Um, and Catch Me If You Can. I like considering that one a Christmas movie. There are some Christmas parts in it. And it's fun. And it's a good time. And, you know, why not? Now we're going to move on to a new section where I just totally think of some movies that could possibly be uh, considered Christmas or non-holiday or holiday or whatever you want to call them, classics. All right. All right. So we got some... Some brand new holiday uh, films that may be considered Christmas classics coming up. I don't know. Maybe. We just don't know. Um, Donnie Brasco. Great, great scene in that movie where, uh, well, there's a Christmas tree and he comes home and he hasn't seen his wife in a long time and they fall into the Christmas tree. Also, there's a Christmas tree at <clears throat> Al Pacino's house. So, you know, why not? Why not make it a holiday movie? Um Seven? Well, as you heard in the clip, he's getting a Christmas. He's getting a box at the end. Maybe that could be considered like Christmas. Uh, Boogie Nights. Lots of gifts are given in that movie. Um, you know, all, if you think about it, there are at least a hundred different type of gifts probably given in that movie. Uh, Scarface, another movie that has a lot of snow. So maybe that has to do some Christmassy. Uh, he does seem to care a lot about his sister. Um, family. Um, I don't know. That might be a stretch. Uh, we got Misery. I saw online recently. I can't take credit for this, but someone put something called Chris Misery. Um, you know, them two just needing two people to spend together with, time together with. Why not? Batman and Robin. There is, if the new Batman Returns is, not new, the old Batman Returns is considered a Christmas classic. Why not this? As Mr. Freeze, it has ice that moves like it's rubber. Um, it's hollow, like a lot of other sometimes Christmas movies. Why not consider it? Um, Roadhouse, come on now. Roadhouse isn't considered a Christmas classic. I think Roadhouse is all kind of movies, every genre, and Christmas is no exception. And you're saying to yourself, well, what are you talking about? And I'm going to say, you know what? I, 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 just it's a christmas movie we're gonna move forward the shining a family spending time together alone away from their technology and their devices definitely could be um la confidential uh snow in the background christmas in the background dumb and dumber okay what happens if uh lloyd and harry are actually christmas elves and that is the whole entire story. We just, it's a, it's like a prequel. It's like a sequel prequel to, you know, I don't know, Santa in, and his elves. That being said, <laughs> thank you so much. I wanted to just have a little bit of fun today uh, for the holiday season. Um, I wanted to thank everybody again for listening, who does listen um, on all the different, well, my friends, we've made it to the final stretch of the show. Lots of good stuff tonight. Really had a good time. Always have a good time sharing and, and talking movies with you guys. Um, the last thing I wanted to wrap up before we kind of head out tonight was yesterday was the premiere of the brand new HBO 
Well, it's on HBO anymore. Just Max television show, The Idol. Okay, this is a show created by Euphoria Sam Levinson, also starring Abel Tesfe, otherwise known as The Weeknd, um, also created by Reza Fahim. Um, directed, the whole thing is directed by Sam Levinson. Okay, it stars Lily Rose Depp. It also stars The Weeknd, um, Jame Adams. Um, really ridiculous. I did not know before tuning in that one of my main, 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 main ridiculous, amazing actor that I enjoy, Hank Azaria, is in it. Um, director of movies as Hostile and The Green Inferno, Eli Roth, is in it. And I really enjoyed Jane Adams. She was great in the show Hung. Um, really, 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 really good actors in the show. But do they pay off? Do the roles pay off for these actors in this show? Well, I don't know. It's only been one episode. Um, controversy? I could see it. Definitely could see a little bit of the controversy that it is um, garnering up. It is very uh, uh, self-indulgent. A lot of long camera shots. Gratuity. A lot of gratuity. Um, show pretty much stars um, Lily Rose Depp. She is, of course, the daughter of Johnny Depp. And she plays Jocelyn, an up-and-coming young pop idol. And she's trying to reclaim her life and her title because her last tour was canceled because of a nervous breakdown. So pretty much right off the bat, you kind of kind of feel a little bit of that in the storyline. Uh, the Weeknd, he plays a self-help guru and the head of a contemporary cult. And you're saying to yourself... This is already starting to seem a little bit, well, different. It is different. In a good way, in a bad way, well, you could check it out and be the judge of that. Personally, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, I really do understand a lot of the debates that have been going on based on what I'm seeing. I've seen some things in the first episode that probably didn't need to be into the show at all. Um, there were some scenes... Uh, that were told that behind the scenes it didn't wasn't really a pleasant work experience. But I've also heard the stars go against that and say that that isn't true. That could just be them saying that. Um, the show was filmed around Los Angeles, California. Looks looks beautiful. Um, it's That's the thing about Sam Levinson and Euphoria is the camera work and everything. I mean, it looks really, really, really awesome. Um the thing is, is, is the material there, is the, is the script there. And at this point still, I cannot tell you one way or another. As we go through this season, I'm sure I will share more, a little bit about what is happening more into the show. Um, because frankly, honest with you, I'm going to have to rewatch this first episode again. Um, it was a little, there was, there was some self-indulgence in there. Um, but... You know, that's kind of what I think a little bit part of the show is for. They have a series soundtrack that will be coming out June 30th, which, uh, you know, it's going to include, of course, songs by The Weeknd. Um, there's a cast member, Mike Dean, who's in the show, who's going to have some music on it. Um, but the reviews of this show are just getting, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting really ripped. It's got 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um 
every bit as florid and sleazy as the industry it seeks to satirize. So it's saying that the show is extremely sleazy, and it is. Honestly, I got that vibe from the first episode. I did not get the vibe that it was a, a pristine show. I think that's kind of what they were going for. But that being said, you know, I, I do believe everything should be checked out and viewed through your own eyes. David Fear of Rolling Stone described it as na- nasty, brutish, much longer than it is, and way, way worse than you had have anticipated. Again, check it out with your own eyes. I'm not sticking up for this. I'm not ripping it quite yet. I may get to that level. That's my favorite level to get to. Um, you know, some people though, who like Euphoria will probably like this one, from what I said. It's brazen television. It's it's dirty. It's rotten. It's not supposed to be, well, clean cut. I think that's the, the purpose of it. Lily Rose Depp, I think, does definitely do a good part from what I've what I've seen thus far. Um, really awesome was Dan Levy. Um, Dan Levy, you know, the great Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek, he, he shows up. And he, you know, as always, I right off the bat, you know, he plays Jocelyn's publicist. You know, there's these little characters in the show. I'm kind of curious to see how they kind of go as the show moves on. You know, will these characters be utilized? Will they be more fleshed out and not used as much like Hank Azaria, who I think is a great actor? But will he be used fully in the show? I don't I don't really know yet. Don't really know from one episode. A lot of reading, though, on it. A lot, a lot of reading. A lot of different stuff on it. But um, a show that if you have not checked out yet that I have enjoyed since the day it came out, um, I actually enjoy it more than the the show it was spinned off of, Sons of Anarchy, and that is The Mayans. If you have not checked out The Mayans MC yet, that show, let me tell you about it. Really, really good. Um, I will vouch for this show. why I'll vouch for the show because of the acting. I like the acting a lot in it. JD Pardo, I think, is awesome. Um, earlier I brought in up fast, fast and furious 10. He was in the fast and furious nine, he was in, um, in the flashback scenes. He played Don's father, really, really good job. But there are other actors in the show that do a really, really good job. Um, Michael Urbe, he you may know as Cristobal on the well, just wrapped up. We talked about last week, Barry. He is awesome on this show. Really awesome. A lot of other good performances on the show, but that season just kicked off. The fourth episode is going to be this week. You know, might be worth your time to kind of check out to see what that is about. Um, You know, if you got any shows that you are enjoying that maybe you'd like to hear more about or maybe I haven't checked out, don't ever feel afraid to reach out you'd like to join the show want to come on the conversation that's what this is about love to have the more the merrier that's kind of how how it always is um always love talking about movies as today check out all the movies that i have suggested you know why not watch more movies you know and as i stated before if you love music check up the hookup on music got a lot of lot of awesome guests some of those past episodes Really, 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 really good time. Um, But that being said, thank you again for joining me again on episode 67. I can only say it so much. Um, Love talking movies. Love that you always tune in. And we're going to keep doing it.
and we're going to keep doing it and we're not going to stop. You know why? Because that's what it's about. Up until this point, there is nothing that I've ever done that I have stopped. Okay, I've been working on this way longer than the inception of it actually starting. I've been working on this for years. This is something that if I, if I, how do I say this? If I knew more of the magic that it is to share and talk about movies, I've been doing this with people since pretty much I was 12 years old. You know, that's why I love doing this show. And if, as stated at the beginning, please check out the hookup on music. Um, lots of awesome, lots of awesome deep stuff. Um, I can't say it enough, but uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, next week, we'll have another brand new episode, new material, new goodies, always new stuff. You don't know what's coming. But what I do know is that every time when you're not in a good mood or you're feeling sad or you're feeling upset, put on a movie, put on some music, share some of your thoughts. You know, reach out to people. I've never forgotten all the times where maybe something wasn't going right in my own house um, growing up. And I decided, you know what? It might be better just to talk to about some movies, talk about some music with somebody. The amount of friendships that you make, the amount of connections. Um, and to see this stuff flourish and, and blossom. It's been always something that, 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 um, that I think makes it really special. A lot of people out there, they mock people for doing things like this. Well, those people, you know, what's funny is that I could find things to mock them people, those people about, you know, we all do what we love to do. That's why they call it hobbies, you know, and having a good hobby is, is good, you know, but that being said, thank you so much again, again, all those new movies at the beginning, um, we talked about, again, go check out that new Spider-Man, you know, check out the Boogeyman, check out Fast X. You know, go back and revisit from dusk till dawn. Have some laughs with that Cheech Marin character and some of those one-liners. You know, look back at Krampus. You know, the reason we talked about those was it's getting hot out there. You know, we got to stay cool. Got to stay cool and always staying cool is watching good movies. Um, even if it's a bad television show, like a lot of people don't like The Idol. But, uh, you know, check it all out. Check it out. Check out this show. Check out that show. But until next week. Everybody, have a really, really, really good week. And, uh, well, well, like always, we'll talk to you soon.